Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. Where we like to talk about things that are messy, awkward, hard, or controversial and create a space for healing. I thought the polls were really interesting because a lot of people just stuck their guns and they were yes or no for all of them. It was like, there was no- like how I did random? I was like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I was like all over the place. I was trying to throw it off. Megan just said whatever. I was trying to throw it off. I like to cause chaos. Pretty even. Yeah. Because we have more Catholic followers, so it was a little more skewed Catholic. Because, yeah, like you were saying, people were very much like either totally for, totally against. There was not a lot in between, except me. Well, there was one person. There were a few people that once it got to the, it's like forbidden in scripture. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I can't go as far as to say that. But yeah. I just don't think it's like. Or I saw like the spiritually edifying, like even if they were like, oh, I don't think you should do it. But I guess if you did, it probably would be spiritual. Edif-. Or it was like, there was a few people that were that way too. There, Yeah, there's some people where they're like, I don't think it's like, I'm not, it's not something I'm going to do because I, it's not me. It's, it's not for me, but you do you. No, but like, I could see how maybe for someone else it would be helpful. Yeah. Or it's not like forbidden. So maybe what they're doing is it's sinful. It's just, I'm not going to do it because it's not a part mm-hmm. of my tradition or yeah, because it was Protestants that were answered. So, yeah, because I have known some Protestants, and for context, we're talking about praying to saints and Mary today. But I have known some Protestants yeah. that more so like will take the verse from Paul where he's like, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. So they'll say, like, oh, is it like necessarily sinful? No, but I don't think it's like a good practice or like it can lead to other things. So, like, they'll take that line whereas other protestants are very like they're like it's idolatry so there's kind of like sort of two extremes in the protestants (laughs) idolatry (laughs) you offer sacrifices to your your mary picture oh yeah that's the joke um is that I do Marian sacrifices, which I don't actually for any Protestants out there that are going to leave this video and be like, eh. we'll freak out. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Um, which I actually don't think any of our listeners would probably do that. Not the majority of you. Um, but yeah, no, I don't actually do that. But that is a funny joke that we say. And sometimes I think Mary or Jesus, well, I think Mary can hear me, but she's probably like, girl, no, <laughs> like, not funny. Stop. Stop. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Megan. Well, today we're talking about praying to saints, Mary, intercession of saints, something that has been requested every time we've done like a poll where people to vote on like our next like argument. Usually this one is a big one that people want to hear. We've just not We'll do our best to bring this to your expectations, but um. I don't know. Do you want to start maybe by outlining? Obviously, we're going to be talking about like the Catholic Protestant perspective. There are other traditions that have like a practice similar to this. Um, we just probably it's for the sake of time. And also, we're not experts. We're probably not going to address like the Orthodox view, <laughs> like stuff like that. So we'll, we'll focus on maybe yeah. like Catholic Protestant perspectives. Um, but do you want to maybe outline like the Catholic doctrine of like intercession of saints yeah um well i'm gonna start by reading a quote from saint francis or saint francis pope francis who is our current pope. <laughs> getting ahead of yourself <laughs> yeah i'm getting ahead of myself um <laughs> pope francis who's still alive and he gave this during his general audience one of them he gives many um and he does quote What's the a general audience here what what's a general audience uh, so I don't even, I don't know quite how often, but in Rome, he will go up, um, on a ter- the terrace of the Vatican and just go and speak and people will gather around the Vatican to l- hear the Pope speak. I think it's every week. Um, fun fact, that's actually how the- John Paul II's Theology of the Body, which is a massive scholarship book. Like it was just over a series of like five years of him giving this as a general audience. And then eventually oh. was written down. Um, so it's it can be pretty theologically heavy or it's not just I I don't know yeah I've never been obviously but the general audience is if you're ever in Rome and you're ever interested and want to see the Pope which I feel like 
a lot of people might be interested in just seeing that. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, I don't know how often. I I think it's every week, but yeah, you can just go and listen to the Pope speak. And this one, he actually was talking about intercession of the saints and the witness of the saints. And I really liked this quote. And he does quote the catechism, um, article 2683. Um, and he says, the catechism explains that the saints contemplate God, praise him, and constantly care for those whom they have left on earth. Their intercession is their most exalted service to God's plan. We can and should ask them to intercede for us and for the whole world. There is a mysterious solidarity in Christ between those who have already passed to the other life and we pilgrims in this one. Our deceased loved ones continue to take care of us from heaven. They pray for us and we pray for them and we pray with them. Um, and I love this quote from Pope Francis. He also said, therefore, blessed be Jesus Christ, the only savior of the world, together with this immense flowing of saintly men and women who populate the earth and who have made their life a hymn to God. For as St. Basil said, the spirit is truly the, the dwelling of the saints, and since they offer themselves as a dwelling place for God and are called his temple. Um, so that was also a quote from St. Basil, an actual saint. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion because of the way the language that we as Catholics use and we understand what we're saying, that, but well, I would hope people understand what they're saying, but a lot of times we will say like, we're praying to the saints, which I have no problem saying because I know what that means. The nuance. But a better way of saying it is praying for the intercession of saints, like praying for them to pray for us. <laughs> And that sounds a lot, it sounds less like we're praying for the saints as the same exact way that we would pray to Jesus. So it's a recognition that the intercession of the saints, um, it's similar to if I were to ask Megan, hey, can you pray for me? And I would, I think that for some reason, Jesus allows our prayers to have some kind of effect. Um, he allows us to participate in his salvific plan for the world somehow in that grace um that we also can pray to the saints that are already in heaven and have already gone before us and have actually i don't want to say achieved but have gotten to the destination that we're all aiming for that we all the goal of our entire lives and jesus somehow allows these saints those who have gone before us to still pray for us intercede for us and walk with us on this journey to sainthood. And the yeah, the theology of it is that, of course, all of their power comes from Christ. Um, it's only because of Christ, only because of God that they can intercede for us. And it's like, it's through Christ. Um, and I think that there, there can be some confusion because we say, like, oh, I'm going to go pray to St. Therese of Lisieux, who is someone that I often will ask for the intercession of. And it's not the same thing as, you know, like I understand that everything that she is doing or does is by the power of God. Um, it's yeah. not like the same thing as G like the way that Jesus would work in my life. Um, but I think there can be some confusion with that. I don't know. I feel like Megan, you've all, I don't know if you ever had a misconception about that or how we viewed that you grew up with Catholics, Catholic friends. Yeah, and I can get more into like maybe my specific concerns later, but I think there can be a lot of confusion between the actual like doctrine itself versus like on the ground practice. Yeah. And there are a lot of like historical prayers to saints that do more so, they don't really, I would say, align with what the Catholic Church says the doctrine itself is like especially more from like med the medieval era and like towards the you know council of trent there's a lot of like prayers to mary or saints where they are asking like for direct like action from the saints to do things versus just to intercede and so i think that can be where some of the confusion is too like protestants will look and be like oh look see look at this prayer like you know you're asking mary to like forgive you but like she should be like interceding you know or praying to Jesus for you, like that kind of thing. And so I think 
I think there's like rightly some confusion and then obviously there's like protestants who will caricature and just have a misconception and like refuse to like accept what the actual doctrine is so i think there's a little of both if that makes sense yeah and i i don't know i've never actually seen a prayer where you're asking mary to forgive you i guess that's just something i've never prayed i do i do know that some of the prayers that even i would pray now would make protestants like the hairs on their backs raised and be like, oh, but I just, I guess ra- being raised as a Catholic and just like understanding the theology, I just don't see any issue or conflict between that and Jesus. Cause in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, but it's all coming through Jesus. But I've never, yeah, personally, I've never seen or prayed a prayer of being like, Mary, forgive me. Um, I definitely have seen prayers, which maybe this is getting off to get off tangent, but that are like, oh, like my only hope is Mary or the intercession of Mary, mm-hmm. um, which that just gets deeper and deeper into, I don't know, like theologically, what could that mean or how could that work or yeah. Um, but that's interesting. I personally would never pray a prayer where I'm like, Mary, forgive me. Cause that's, she's not <laughs> the one that's forgiving me. Uh, but that would be concerning. And I I do, uh, yeah, I do think I have seen the practice go a little askew. I mean, I still see that today, like in, when there's not good catechesis or understanding. Um, and yeah, I think that that would be concerning because that's definitely not what the church teaches or wants. Um, but I, yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. And I've seen it myself where I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think what you're great. saying too, even just with like catechesis, like there, there can even just be like lay Catholics who maybe don't completely understand or have oh, yeah. not been like properly taught. Um, and then they're telling like their Protestant friends things or their Protestant friends are seeing things. And so then the Protestants are like, oh, well, that's what the Catholic church thinks, you know? And, and it goes the other way too, with like Protestant doctrines, Protestants who are incorrectly catechized saying things and Catholics being like, oh, so Protestants believe, you know, this, this, and this. So I don't think that in it itself has anything to do with like the actual doctrine. Every doctrine yeah. is going to have lay practice on the ground that's incorrect because we're human. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's even someone that you and I both know that I remember her talking about how um, she very much had a devotion to St. Joseph. And she, I think she related to St. Joseph or like saw him as someone who could be sort of like a spiritual husband to her because her husband had left her. And she would very much like, like if something broke in her house, she'd be like, oh, St. Joseph, can you please fix this? And like stuff like that. And I would say it bordered on sort of, saint joseph taking the role of like the holy spirit in her life at times um or as even a comfort um and and once again that's a a protestant outside perspective looking at that so probably as a catholic you would have a different perspective but i do remember at times feeling concerned about that okay yeah i actually don't know who you're referring to but we're not gonna blast them on this podcast (laughs) but after i'm interested (laughs) um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think the language can be alarming that people use because I hear that and I'm like, well, yeah, the saints can walk with us and comfort us, though. Like, I don't see any problem with that. Um, Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. The things that I just would not see is like, oh, that's fine. (laughs) But I also don't know exactly what she was saying. I didn't really see. Yeah. And I do think, yeah, you have to. I'm not saying that no one has ever like, which because I clearly they have like taken the intercession of saints and then allowed it to replace in their life, Jesus, and them not remembering that at the source of the saints power is God. It's like God is at the very top. So like Catholic theology, just visually, obviously God, the father at the top, our one mediator is Jesus Christ, who is like equal with God, but somehow not below, but you know, like interceded for us in the most the only one mediator as paul says like he's the only one that could die on the cross for us that could get all of those salvific graces and the church teaches like nobody can add or take away from that grace on the cross that he's our one mediator our only hope without him there no hope for us there is none um and then right below jesus is our like the main intercessor below jesus 
that all of those salvific graces are flowing from Jesus alone, but the application of those graces and the ability, because God allows us to participate in that. And we see that Protestants would agree in us like praying for each other. Um, and I'll get more into this, but Paul even talks about us like making up for what lacks in the sacrifice of Christ, which I can get more into. And then it's like, it branches off into the saints. Um, but they're more like, the moon, which we talked about this with Mary, that like reflects this power of Christ, whereas Christ is the sun and has actually all of the power and all of the energy and light and grace and everything like that. And then the saints and Mary simply reflect that um, and are like a beacon of that, but nothing of that comes from them alone. And so I guess if you, I could see people not being well catechized or just like, I don't know, in their minds, like not remembering or like thinking that St. Joseph is acting on his own or like this is just like him doing something. Or, I mean, same with Mary. That's the most that I've seen that has actually concerned me is mm -hmm. I don't think people are well catechized and they're just maybe sometimes even raised just seeing images of Mary. Um, and that's also my outside perspective. So I could even be wrong with what <laughs> they're but I, yeah, sometimes that can be concerning to me. I'm like, um, <laughs> once again, uh, yeah, I'm, it, yeah. I'm fully like willing to be like, it, it could be a lack of communication. Um, cause like you were saying like, oh, as a Catholic hearing that it's not like alarm bells going off, but as a Protestant, I'm like almost trained to like hear that and be like, oh no. Um, so I did want to go over before I like make everyone mad. Um, oh. like <laughs> things I affirm or, um, because I feel like a lot of times Protestants, either out of a caricature or just a lack of understanding, have like really poor arguments <laughs> in this on this topic, uh, or just like bring up things that I'm like, no, that like historic Protestants have not believed that. Um, and so I did want to just kind of like get ahead of some of that because I. I want to be, sh I, I felt like as I was even thinking through this in preparation to record, I was like, we honestly are not that like far apart. Like the gap between our beliefs is not so huge, but a lot of times Protestants who are more like low church and don't have a great understanding or don't have a deep like understanding of historical perspectives and doctrines. Yeah, it is a larger gap and they are like, very much um, on different sides. So I kind of wanted to bridge that gap a little bit by just like listing some things that I affirm that kind of go alongside this doctrine. Um, one being like, we both believe saints are not truly dead, that they are like alive in Jesus. They are in heaven. We don't believe in, you know, like a weird sort of soul sleep or like that they're like laying in their graves waiting for Jesus to have the second coming like no they are alive in christ we believe they're in communion with god in what way or how that works none of us know <laughs> but we do believe it's happening and so i think that's important because there are some protestants that have not been taught well that maybe believe like oh well, saints can't hear you or like mary can't hear you they're dead <laughs> and i understand yeah. what they're trying to say but like yeah. that's not correct and so that would be one um also, just the, the Apostles' Creed itself talks about the communion of saints, and we would believe that that refers to all believers, like living and those in heaven. The communion of saints is everyone who is a part of the body of Christ, and in that way, we're all connected, um, and that's like a really beautiful, powerful thing, and with that, I, I think we should honor saints. I think that's very biblical. I think some of the ways we do this is we, by looking at their life, should be brought into thanksgiving and gratitude to God for his example of mercy in someone. Um, I think the Lord himself very much communicates in stories to us by saying, like, look what I've done in this person's life. I will do this to you as well because I am never changing. I, I think that's a wonderful opportunity to praise God by examining how he has worked in someone's life. Um and also just by using them as an example, they are often people who have had great faith, great virtue, um, have done great things for God. And so looking to them and saying, you know, this is what 
I aspire to. I aspire to have a faith that would lead me to do these great things for the Lord. I aspire to be virtuous in this way, to be faithful in this way, um, and imitating that. I think a great example is Mary. Um, a lot of times Protestants can downplay Mary and who she was. And and while I don't believe a lot of the doctrines that Catholics have around Mary, I believe she's one of the finest examples of faith. Like she was told she's going to bear the son of God and she was completely and utterly humble and obedient. Like that is insane. I don't know that I would respond that way. And that's what I would aspire to, to have the humility and the grace and the virtue to accept and receive that responsibility. Like huge, like her example of faith is something we should look to and also praise God for. Um, I know one of my like favorite memories growing up was my parents were very like intentional, uh, intentional about teaching us about saints, about people who have gone before us, um, specifically like missionaries. And we had these books that were always just like sitting in our living room that we could read at any time that were stories of like great people of God, missionaries, um, people who had like even just like historical figures like Joan of Arc and Polycarp and like martyrs and things like that. And it was like something we read on a daily basis. And I loved that. And it was so encouraging because you felt like you weren't alone. And Hebrews talks about this, Hebrews 12, 1, the great cloud of witnesses. And it's in the context of we're running this race. It's hard. (laughs) Like we're not at heaven yet. We are all working towards that and, and, and running this race. And it is can be discouraging. It is a struggle, but we are encouraged by knowing we're not doing this alone and that there are those who have gone before us and those who will come after us. We're surrounded. Um, And so I think that's something that the Catholic faith very much emphasizes that I think can be lacking with Protestants is this understanding that like we're not walking the Christian faith as an individual. We're walking it in this entire body. I think that's just like a huge, beautiful thing. Um, I also believe that saints in heaven are praying for the church universal. Um, I think that's something that we do in life. We should be praying for the church in general. And I think in death, we also continue to do that. And I know you'll bring up these verses, but Revelation talks about um, the prayers of the saints being an incense to God. Like clearly they're being offered up. Um, I think the difference would be I believe that is more of a general, not so much specific, like prayers for individuals, but more so in general, like prayers for the church. Um, And then lastly, I just wanted to address, like, we are clearly called to pray for one another. That is like a huge part. There are so many scripture verses. I can list them in the description that I I think you could go so far as to say, command us (laughs) to pray for one another. Um, It is, it should be a, a huge part of our faith life. To think that that just ceases once we are dead, I think, is um, rather discouraging to believe. And I also see a lot of Protestants saying, like, you know, that if we have this love for a saint, that means, like, we love Jesus less. And I would push back against that because I think Scripture very much calls us to love one another, to be devoted to one another in prayer, and that our love for God can grow through our love for each other as well. I also think our love for each other grows as we, our love for God grows. Um, and so I don't think those are mutually exclusive or it's like a, you know, an, an or situation, like you love Jesus or you love your fellow Christians. Um, so I did kind of want to push back against that because I think that's a huge part of our Christian walk is recognizing we are all a part of the body of Christ. We should be lifting up each other. We should be praying for one another and I think the saints play a role in heaven. I think we just disagree on what that role like looks like or what it is. Um, but yeah, I feel like that just bridges the gap of our disagreement a little more. A ton. And would you say, though, there's Protestants that could be listening, Megan, that would say, no, I disagree with Megan. Like, that's not what I believe. Sure. I do think they're dead and they can't hear us at all or actually I don't even know if you said that they could specifically even hear us but just that they're dead and they're not praying for us they're not doing anything in heaven I don't know yeah like there's just no at all any I'm sure I'm sure um just like there's probably Catholics that are like no we do pray to saints you know like 
But I would say um, my pushback against those people would be, I think my position is more in line with the historical Protestant perspective. Uh, I would agree. If you read like the Augsburg Confession of Lutherans um, or a lot of like Presbyterian documents, like it's very much more in line with that. And so maybe someone who is more like a low church Baptist or something would maybe sort of like push back against that. Um, I think I'm more in line with a historical perspective. So that would be my defense against people who disagree with me, but I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. It's kind of like this, the different in Protestantism, there's different views of communion. And mm-hmm. I think y- you and our star Protestant on the show, Gavin Ortland, who we always talk about, <laughs> I I've heard like him say, I, I don't think there's any good historical perspective for that. Communion is totally symbolic and there's not anything like spiritual happening now. What that is. I mean, we disagree on that, but even within Protestantism, like just throughout all of Christianity, there's like different levels of what that is. And, but that, yeah, a lot of times I think, cause Catholics will say, well, all Protestants think this it's like, well, no, there's variation of belief within Protestantism. And a lot of it is actually closer to us than we would even think. Um, so even when Catholics are bringing up arguments for, uh, praying to the saints to be like, well, Megan, didn't you see in revelation that this, and you'd say, yeah, I just think that means something different or, you know, so it's, then you can, even if you disagree with them, you're like, okay, but I understand how you have that view because it's not yes. like Megan's completely ignoring that verse in scripture. She just has a different view on it. Whereas maybe there are some Protestants that would not be well-educated on that or like not know that. Um, but that's just that's any lay person and in defense in defense of catholics like i think a lot of times when people think protestant we think of like the largest and loudest which would be like mega church evangelicals in america um which is not the majority of protestants but i totally understand why that would be what comes to mind when someone thinks protestant just like someone might hear catholic and think of like the most trad (laughs) conservative catholic who only goes to latin mass and you would be like well that doesn't represent all catholics you know and so i think it's totally fair uh, but i also think it's okay to like push back and be like well okay there's a variation of perspective here and and belief yeah definitely i was gonna say as you were talking where I was like oh well there's the disagreement is um you were saying like Mary is this great example like I don't even know if I could do what she did and like looking to her and I was like oh the difference is that I actually think I can ask her to help me be like that (laughs) there's like the there's the differences Mm -hmm. I actually think that they can saints can hear me and I can ask them to walk with me like I would ask Megan to walk with me on a journey but they're even more so effective because they've actually are in heaven and are in total communion with God and can intercede for me. And yeah, I think that's, that's where the difference is. And I think that maybe, and maybe this is also a misconception that Catholics put out there is that for your salvation, it's absolutely necessary that you pray to saints or that you pray to Mary And the church wouldn't teach that. It's so emphasized because we think it's such a great gift from God and it's a great help (laughs) to ask for the saints intercession. And it has added, I know, a lot of edification and sanctification in my own life. And I think it's a gift from God that we can ask directly the saints and that they actually can walk with us and we can be assured of their prayers for us specifically in situations in our lives. Um, But like I said, the soul mediator, our salvation is from Jesus Christ. And so I wouldn't look at Megan and be like, well, (laughs) you're not praying to Mary or the saints. So I don't like, you're not going to make it to heaven. Some Catholics are going to be like, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, no, uh, it's not like, it's not totally necessary. Like I was listening to a podcast where this priest was like, yeah, I mean, it's not necessary for Mary's intercession for you to make it to heaven. We think it makes it a lot easier and we think it is a great like it's a lot of grace and benefit and I think that it's a gift from Jesus that we can have saints so involved in our lives that have gone before us and that they're still our friends and can still hear us like my friends on earth but it's not like it's not necessary which that would be probably maybe there's a lot of Catholics that would disagree with me in practice they'd say no like you have to pray the rosary you have to do this 
Um, mm-hmm. Just because we're so inundated in Western Catholicism, where it's like the rosary is so emphasized, whereas they don't even, they ask for Mary's intercession, don't get me wrong, but in Eastern Catholicism, like the rosary is not even a part of <laughs> their devotions. Like there's certain devotions or things that will say like, you absolutely have to do this if you want to be saved or if you want to go to heaven. And that's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think it is good and I think it is edifying and I will continue to do it, but is it absolutely necessary? Like, no, you could go throughout your whole life and just pray only recognizing Jesus and only asking, and like, you, that's enough. <laughs> it's Jesus. Like, um, well, and can't you say that about a lot of spiritual practices? Like, I could go my yeah. whole life never fasting, but um, it'd be like, yeah. oh, but am I missing something by, you know, practicing the spiritual discipline of fasting I think an argument could be made for that so I, I see what you're saying like I I can understand where a Catholic could say okay like you're never gonna do it fine but like you're missing out yeah I guess and that's literally my thought sometimes when I'm like well yeah I guess it's not necessary but I do feel like it's, it's missing out. like it's missing out I feel like it's such a cool and gift from God. And this is not theological. This is, and most of this is just like, I'm going to talk about what the church teaches. And most of it is like, why do I believe in this? And what is my thought process? Like, I'm not a theologian. I'm not, I haven't read all the books of like the historical practice of this and this. Um, But yeah, I just think it's like such a cool gift from God. And I like personally have, I, you know, I would believe like felt the intercession of the saints. And I I feel like it all just leads back to Christ and just like how cool it is that he allows us to like how humbling it is that he allows us to participate somehow in his like work of salvation and like how it's crazy to me even that our prayers like my prayers make any difference in anything at all like that Jesus Mm -hmm. listens to my prayers and hears me and like I can pray for Megan and I can actually have an effect in her life. It's like, I'm just like, like, how does that even, that's crazy to me that Jesus allows that. <laughs> um, and I mean, we're commanded to do so, but that Jesus allows us to take part in that. And I, that's that I should bring up one of these verses here. <laughs> I, bring them all up. Bring them all up. Yeah. But what it makes me think of is um, Colossians one twenty four. Paul says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church. And now, of course, Paul is not saying that the sacrifice of Christ was, you know, inf- insufficient in saving us. Um, I think I said this earlier, like nobody can take away to or add to the cross and the sacrifice that Jesus did for us, because without him, anything we do, like the gates of heaven were closed to us. Like there's just nothing you can do. Um, but Christ invites us to take part in that work of salvation and participate in suf- suffering and offering up our suffering, not you know, call us to suffer, but offering up our suffering, praying for others, et cetera. So that the grace from Christ's suffering may actually be applied to individual souls. Um, and our prayers have real power, but only because of Christ's just as like the prayer and power of the saints. And so I just see it as something that like, Jesus allows us and allows us to somehow take part in the application of those graces. And even Paul says, like, it can be jarring when you hear him say, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of the body. Um, which, yeah, obviously we, we both agree that that's not what that means. Um, and I, yeah, that's kind of like my view. Well, that's, I mean, that's what the church would say too. But that's something that's the most compelling or like makes the most sense to me. Whereas I don't like have an issue with or I don't see what the saints do as conflicting or an issue. Now, of course, there can be issues with the way that you see it. If you really, I just hit my metal straw. Um, If you really think that Mary is the one that's saving you, then that's an issue because she was a human that also had to be saved. Um we want to get to the immaculate conception but she did have to be saved <laughs> uh, and yeah the only thing she was what she is at all or is through the power of christ and through her mm-hmm. son jesus um and even that he tr- like entrusted to a human to give birth to him like that jesus humbled himself so much to do that like i it just blows my mind the amount that he allows humans to take part in his like what he did I will never understand that, but uh, it's just crazy to me. Um, so that's why there's it, just no issue to me. It makes sense to me. 
Um, and also another verse, um, God, he answers in particular the prayers of the righteous. And we see this, James declares, the prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Elijah was a man of like nature with ourselves, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth its fruit. Um, so even like the most righteous, their prayers are heard by God. And like, who is more righteous than the saints in heaven? because they've made it to heaven and are completely in union with God. Um, so it's like their prayers are even more powerful than my prayers on earth or because I don't have, I don't want to say, well, yeah, I'm not as fully in communion with God yet. There is when I get to heaven. Um, and of course, like we believe we should pray directly to Christ with every pressing need that we have. And that's something that we encourage. Like we know that our prayers are only truly answered through Christ. Um, in fact, like the prayers of the mass, if you were to listen to the prayers of the mass, like the central act is obviously Jesus. And like, even just the way it's like centered, it's like, we, we believe that when like the Eucharist is transubstantiated or turned into the real body and blood of Christ, like the crowd of the witnesses of Christ are around us, but they're just like around us and with us, like the whole cloud of witnesses, but like Jesus is always the center. And that's how Catholic theology has always been set up. Like the Eucharist, the Christ is the source and summit of our faith. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think there is just like this misconception that, and maybe it's because when you walk into a church, this is true. Like sometimes you'll see these huge statues of saints and we're not going to talk about, talk about icon veneration or statues veneration. Cause that's a whole thing, <laughs> that's a um, but that can be, I guess you would maybe have a misconception because you walk in and you see like these saints and you see someone kneeling like before a picture of a saint and you're like, what the heck is going on here? But like with a proper understanding, I just don't think there's any issue or any conflict with worshiping Christ. Um, and of course, Megan, I know that you're like gonna be like, okay, I see that you're not doing anything wrong in your head, like when you're doing it, Jackie, but I don't think that it's like I it's not worth it because it could lead to worship of saints almost is what I would see like a Protestant view being like a charitable Protestant view where they're like, it's not completely wrong, but it's also, is it really worth it that it could lead to taking away the focus of Christ? Um, and I understand that. I just think it's such like such a gift from Christ to be able to have such a direct intercession of saints and that they actually hear us. Um, I don't know. That's, that's like the most compelling thing for me. Um, mm -hmm. And why I think it does not conflict with scripture at all. Yeah. Cause I, and I know that, I don't know, Megan, you can respond to that. No, I, I continue what you're saying. Oh, I just was going to say, I don't, I don't think it conflicts with scripture at all. Is it explicitly in scripture the way that we would see it today? And that's also where some of our disagreements would go to, would be because we don't think that our all of our practices have to be explicitly in scripture. Um, I think it just I think it naturally flows from what you read in scripture that this would be something that is in the practice of the church and also that it was in throughout the history of our church, um, which that gets very complicated. But um, yeah, I think that there that's where another disagreement would be is that because mm. I think you would be like, well, if God wanted us to do this, which you can say like, well, then it should be explicitly in scripture, like him telling us to do this, because obviously he commands us to pray for each other. And so we do that. But does he very explicitly and maybe there's some Catholics that are listening and they're like, no, he does. And you I, I, I personally have never seen that argument or heard the argument where I can specifically point and be like, Jesus said right there to do exactly go and pray to the saints in the way that I asked for Mary's intercession. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't see it quite like that in scripture. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's how I would see it too, is that it's not explicit. Um, I'm not aware of like a verse unless it would be 
maybe in a book of the Bible that you have, but I don't. I don't know. Um, because obviously our Bibles are slightly different. So that is the true, I'm, true. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, there is a verse in you know a book that we would not consider canonical. I don't know. Um, oh, just that was one of my favorite but, moms. Just when I brought up a book that Megan was like, I don't. I've never heard this <laughs> a scripture verse. You're like, I'm funny. gonna read this yeah. Bible verse, and I was like, what verse is this? Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that's important to note too. They, I'm not uh, fluent, uh, fluent. That's the wrong word. Knowledgeable in every single book of the Bible that you have as well. But um, yeah, I think um, I don't personally find a compelling scriptural case for the exact catholic practice i think there is a compelling scriptural case that saints in heaven are alive that they are continually praying um, and even that they are praying for the good of the church um and also it, i think it's in revelation it talks about like the blood of the martyrs like yeah. praise yeah. to god to avenge them or whatever so I think there is a lot of evidence to show that saints in heaven are concerned for the state of the church in general. Like they want Jesus to return. They want, you know, the new heavens and the new earth. They want the church to not be harmed. Um, things like that. Um, I don't see evidence for individual intercession or even people in scripture praying to those who have passed um, because we do have like the new Testament where obviously they were aware of like Elijah or Moses. Right. We don't see any evidence of Jesus like leading people to like ask Moses to intercede or even like Paul. Right. right. Um, and that is confusing to me. If it is such yeah. a, a central and important practice of the church that although maybe not required for salvation would be seen as like extremely edifying I'm curious as to why, like, in the epistles where Paul is, like, talking to churches, why he isn't, like, do this practice or even, like, just referencing it. Um, that's confusing to me, I think. Um, and obviously, I know for Catholics, they would say agreed, but it's in, you know, church tradition. So whatever. But um, I think that would just be whatever <laughs> an area where it, me as a Protestant, I would go, well, yeah. I hesitate to make this practice such a large part of my spiritual life when it's not something that I can strongly support in scripture, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think I would need like a compelling case for like how the practice is today. Um, and I know a lot of Protestants would make the argument too that like the practice like developed to where it is. And so maybe there was a point where it was more in line with like what I'm saying, like, oh, you know, it's it's just understanding that saints pray for us. I don't know. I think I would just need a compelling scriptural case. And I know that's always frustrating for Catholics. <laughs> uh, and I totally get that. That's just kind of where I'm at. And that goes back to just like the core of our epistemologies and our differences of like how does doctrine develop and that doctrine can develop and it can still be totally um, valid and also led by the spirit uh, because like I just feel like I can see implicitly roots of things in scripture that naturally have flowed and developed through the work of the Holy Spirit leading. And it's not like that we're adding anything to scripture or adding like, you know, because revelation was over after Jesus, but it's like that flowing out and our deeper understanding of it and that the spirit is continuing to work in the church. And obviously we would both agree that the spirit is continuing to work in the church and has never left us. Um, that's another argument that Christians are like, oh, then so this Holy Spirit just left until Martin Luther. It's like, no, no one, <laughs> no one thinks that. <laughs> um, <laughs> The yeah, church died and came to back me. to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the church was dead. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, no. That would be really that. bad. <laughs> that would be really bad and also not a good look on Jesus that he just totally abandoned <laughs> us. That would be not great. He said he would not do that <laughs> and sent this Holy Spirit to us, Pentecost. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I 
yeah, it kind of goes back to just our differences and that like I can see in scripture things that like would lead to it showing that it doesn't conflict with anything and then it just is not a problem. But I, it's just the way that, yeah, that we, what we think is necessary for a practice to be not required, but like, I don't want to say valid, but to be correct or something that we should do. Because obviously I'm in the, the Catholic church. So I think, well, it's been led by the church and the bishops and the Pope has affirmed this. And so, yeah, it's obviously what God is allowing us and actually like wants us to do, but it's different. Like what we, our views of knowledge. And I also, there could be a Catholic that's listening. That's like, there's so much a better argument for this Jackie. Uh, but like I said, like, well, I'm not a theologian. I, this is like my, what compels me to pray to the saints and why I think it makes sense and why I don't think it conflicts with scripture. And I think is implicitly there and through like the development of doctrine and that we can see in our tradition, like it didn't just come out of nowhere. It's something that like, I think was done in the early church. Um, but I, I totally get what Megan's saying too, from a Protestant perspective. Um, and actually I would love to hear more. Uh, this is something that uh, gospel simplicity, I would love to hear more of his thoughts like on this. He recently, Austin Suggs from gospel, gospel simplicity in one of his Q and A's came out and said like, I see no problem now with praying of the saints that have actually been trying to. And I, he didn't really explain like his full, like theological, like thoughts around this. He just like, was like, yeah, after study, I just don't think there's any conflict. And I would like, am actually trying to start doing that. He's not praying rosaries or like, he's not Catholic. I'm not saying that. So no one go after Austin being like, yeah, you're almost Catholic or whatever. Cause I, I have no idea where he is or what he thinks theologically. Um, and there's a lot more to becoming Catholic than just like accepting and praying to the saints because there's other like Anglicans, um, Orthodox. They also, yeah, I think ask saints to intercede. I think certain Anglicans. Yeah. Do. Um, yeah. So, Anglicans are kind of an odd bird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, are. Anglicans believe Anglican, this. And then Anglicans will like conflict, be like, no, we do this. I'm sorry. I, I never speak to what Anglicans believe because I feel like same because I, I don't understand it. I have will have one Anglican, which is just, you could say this for Catholics or not, and it's true. But I will have one Anglican say something to me, and the other is like, no, uh, no, that's not what we do. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> which I don't know. Same for Catholics. Even when so I not, I did very yeah. limited research on this because I was just trying to look up like, okay, yeah. well, what do like Lutherans say? What do, and like one source I read was saying Anglicans do pray for intercession. And the other was like, no, it is strongly like whatever. And I was like, I okay, so what's I don't know. I'm just not gonna bring up Anglicans with that. <laughs> well, I I did. No. <laughs> I yeah, I would love if you're Anglican and listening, let us know what you do. But I yeah. do think there's a different there's like different like Anglicans are not have like this one core set of beliefs like there's variation to there so I do think some Anglican churches would lean more toward I've seen some that are way more Catholic and like certain things or even what they believe about the Eucharist like they're not consubstantiation they're like no we believe in transubstantiation we just don't believe in the Pope or certain things like I don't know um I had a friend come from a church that did believe in transubstantiation it was Anglican and they actually even did talk about the rosary and I was like what going on here but they didn't they weren't under the pope like they didn't accept the infallibility of the pope or that structure so they were technically still anglican and i don't know yeah <laughs> that was interesting i don't know if that was a one-off i don't really know um yeah and i know that orthodox too i feel like there's a little bit of maybe oh, i could be totally wrong too orthodox please don't come after me uh, it charitably please you could correct me but <laughs> The Orthodox also, though, the church that we went to, like, they have churches named after saints. Uh, they definitely have icons. Um, and I do think they pray for the intercession of saints. Uh, so that's not just a Catholic thing, but I, I got off on a tangent, but I would really be interested to hear Austin, why he's now okay with um. praying for saints intercession. And I don't know if he's talked about it more, but I would just be really interested to hear, like, that development. Because uh, he didn't really explain why at least in the video i watched i would just be really interested to see like how he got to that place um because i would want to know like what is it to you that's compelling or like was able to not convince you but you as like a protestant yeah like what moved you to that 
that would be interesting to me especially when he has influence in his life like Gavin Ortland, who I think is really intelligent and really gives compelling arguments and would say something against that. So it would just be interesting to me to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Gavin talks and I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, what am I, you know, because he's so much smarter than me. I'm like, well, maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about or doing it all in life, you know? (laughs) I think both you and I would agree. Like, (laughs) we are not in any way trying to put ourselves forward as professional or the most knowledgeable like not theologians I think more the purpose of our podcast is like we are two friends who have differing opinions but I think it's rare for like just two lay people to talk about this I think a lot of times we see it more at like a high academic level of like a debate and there's total benefit to that and I think there's total benefit in just like more low-key casual conversations so if that's what you're into you should come to this podcast not yeah, that we know everything and that, that we are the most smart <laughs> I cannot I can't always even like gang from that because first of all it's always so long <laughs> and I'm like I have a life and I also like after a long day at work or when I'm at work like I can't listen to a theological discussion and actually take it all in like I've tried to listen before these debates or like things when I'm at work and I'm like I have I cannot focus on this I have no idea like I can gain nothing from this or even after work, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I have stuff to do. Like, I can't sit down and listen to this, like, academic lecture. But I've liked some of the more, like, chill. Like, that's the stuff I can actually gang from and be like, oh, I kind of understand that perspective more. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's, it's interesting. I would love to hear some people's thoughts, like, why they're totally against it or why they're for it. I can probably anticipate the Catholic responses. <laughs> um. But yeah, I would like to hear more about that because a lot of you answered as Protestants, like there was a lot of saying, no, no, this is not edifying. This is not this. And I would love to hear why, because I think there are some that had even more extreme, like other opinions than Megan, like the other way. So I'd be interested to hear that. Yeah, I am curious. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I had someone um, bring up the passage first Samuel 28 um so it's the story of Saul he's like in battle or whatever and he's praying to God for like help and he's not he feels like he's not getting an answer so he goes to a medium and is like can you conjure up Samuel I need to ask for advice because God isn't listening to me and um she conjures up Samuel and Samuel is like pissed off oh yeah um yeah. Under- and so obviously that is nowhere near one-to-one and I am not saying that because going yeah. to a medium or psychic and trying to conjure someone from the dead is like a completely different um <laughs> situation but I am curious um if like if there was an understanding that you could pray to saints for intercession why that wouldn't just be what happened does that make sense? Like, obviously, Saul is like a sinful person who was doing something sinful. But why did he feel the need to go to that extreme if, like, the understanding was like, oh, well, we can ask for intercession? I think, well, just personally, I think, like, even today with a fully fledged understanding of it, we see people going to the extremes and doing things that are, like, not in line where they're just not well like they don't understand it well and I think as humans we can just like go to the extremes like the sin like it's just like we sinfully like we'll find ways to just turn away from God and do what like go to things that are not actually right or what we should do I think yeah I think I've heard that scripture brought up and I'm like okay well like like you said Megan like obviously we're against like it says like against necromancy and like different like conjuring spirits or going to mediums like obviously that's like strictly forbidden in the catholic church and yeah that's like completely different than just asking for this intercession of a saint um yeah, like my initial reaction is like, well, sometimes we as humans just don't do what is right. Like maybe he had an understanding of that, but he was like, that's not enough. Like I, mm. like maybe he even did, I don't know, pray to the intercession of saints. And because that saint was not giving him exactly what he wanted or what he wanted to hear because saints aren't going to go against what God wants. Like you ask God for something, like say I've been praying and praying and praying for something to God 
and it's just not happening. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to ask St. Joseph, <laughs> like he's going to give me what I want. And St. Joseph is like, no, because I'm only doing the will of God. I'm not going to give you what you want. Um, and then I'm like, well, then I'm going to do something more extreme. I'm going to go to a medium or I'm going to do this. Cause I'm not getting what I want. Um, I, I don't like, I don't know the full context, obviously like everything that happened. Cause not everything was written down, but I could see like mm-hmm. how that could very easily happen. Like, because praying to the intercession of the saints, it's not magic. That's another thing. It's not magic. You're not going to get something that you were not going to get from Jesus. Like it's coming from Jesus. They only do the will of God. Like every novena that I pray, a core part of it is like, please let this like help intercede this and not get this for me, but like this happened, but ultimately like only if it's the will of God and help me to submit to the will of God. Um, So like a saint is not going to which this is a little off tangent, but like, it's not seen as like, well, if Jesus is not going to give this to me, like I'm going to go do this extra thing and then I'm going to get it. It's not a way to circumvent like, uh, no, that's also (laughs) a problem of that. I've seen where people think like Mary's like doing this backdoor, like sneaking people into heaven thing. And it's like, no, (laughs) no. Yeah. And I think I, I've heard Protestants be concerned. Like, so you brought up the verse of like a righteous uh, person's prayers or whatever. And I've heard Protestants be like, Oh, you're so you're saying it's workspace. You're saying that the more righteous you are, the more you're heard. Um, And I think we would both affirm what that is talking about is someone who is righteous is praying in line with God's will. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's what it means by their prayer being more. It's not like God is like, Oh, I'm going to listen harder to you because you're like a good little boy. It's like, no, you're praying in line with my will. And that's That's a good righteous. (laughs) That's a good thing to bring up. Cause I was even in my head thinking as I was saying that, that I was like, Oh, do people that are not as righteous, like now they have to worry about God, not hearing them or like, God's not listening. Like, 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 no, whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm not a Calvin. Sorry, Calvinist. Oh, I'm not like, I don't think like these people are not heard or not saved. Like, yeah, whatever. He's not going to hear them. That's a really good point to bring up. Cause I, that was a little thing in my head as I was reading this, as I could just hear, um, someone thinking like, well, I'm not that holy. I'm less like less holy. Yeah. Like that God is not going to hear me. Like, um, no, please continue praying. Don't stop. Cause you're like, I don't think I'm very holy. Therefore God doesn't really hear me. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> That's no. not what that verse That's what you need about. to pray <laughs> because yes. We are not holy enough yet. <laughs> we need to keep praying and asking God to slowly like help to align our wills with his and to become more holy. And yeah, I think it's just like praying to the saints. is just this like really gift, beautiful gift. And obviously they're in heaven now and their wills are totally aligned with God now because they've made it to heaven. And one day, so will our wills be totally aligned with God. Um, yeah, I also think like... Another point to bring up is like, there's very strict like conditions for that you can be named a saint. And it's like, it's because we know like in the Catholic church, be beatified a saint because we're saying like, we know that person's in heaven because we can't really know like Mm -hmm. someone that just died. Like we want to hope and pray that they're in heaven, but like, we don't really as Catholics, like we can't just assume that, um, but we also like think that if you want, like you can pray, that's where like the whole praying for comes in. It's like praying for your loved ones that have passed, that they have made it to heaven or if they're in purgatory. But we also think like if they're in heaven, even if they're not like what I'm saying is even if they're not named saints, like beatified saints, we also think those people can like hear us and pray for us. Um, so like some people that could like, be an entire oh gosh on I know own. that would be really interesting would be praying for and even just the ideas of like purgatory in heaven oh gosh I know as I, I don't know if I feel I qualified like, to talk about that but yeah that would be like a whole conversation on its own I don't either and as I was saying that I was like Jackie what are you saying right now you're bringing up a whole <laughs> thing because as I was saying it I was like no Megan does think that you can know that your loved ones are in heaven if they were Christian. So as I was saying that, I was like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> I was like, we don't gotcha. know. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, <laughs> I was thinking more to fellow like Catholics, like, or like that we talking to process like Catholics, we do think you can also like 
you can ask your grandma that you very much think is like I think my grandma's going straight to heaven that's yeah I think she's like the best ever and that like (laughs) when she dies which I hope is literally never or after me um (laughs) she I will be able to like pray and she's gonna be there with me and like yeah but I guess as a Catholic in my view I have no assurance 100% that she is I have pretty good idea uh, that she is in 100% like in heaven, but um, just like, yeah, you still, you still like can rightfully like ask them to pray for you, even if they're not canonized saints in heaven. Um, that's just the title term we should like, have defined. Yeah. yeah. At the beginning oh, is like, yeah, that's true. Even the term yeah. saint Thanks. is something yeah. that we have com- like different understandings on because for Protestants, we very much like have the whole like, priesthood of all believers from hebrews and so when we use the word saint it's anyone who's a christian yeah for catholics saint is a very particular um type of christian so it's sort of late but there is that distinction and that difference in even just understandings (laughs) yeah we're talking about the intercession of saints and they're like what do you mean like what are saints we think saints are those that have gone to heaven and are in heaven surrounding the cloud of Jesus. And we can like capital S call someone a saint if they've been canonized, but we would still think like anyone in heaven, like these cloud of witnesses are all like saints. Um, but I wouldn't, well, I guess in that way, it's the same. Yeah. It's similar, <laughs> but I mean, you would call like people on earth still saints, mm-hmm. right? And we wouldn't. I think it's like saints we think of are those that like are in heaven. So there's a bit of a difference, which, yeah, oops, maybe we should have clarified that. But I do think, well, hopefully, I think a lot of people listening would maybe know, kind of know that distinction. I also feel like that's a little more on the topic of like purgatory and like views of the afterlife in heaven. That whole distinction is kind of more part of that conversation. Because obviously what we're talking about is people in heaven. And we would both agree people in heaven are saints. So it's relevant, but sort of not. Yeah. I guess, it, yeah, it is. Because, yeah, I don't know. I've had Protestants bring up, well, we're all saints. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, well, I know you think that, but. <laughs> <laughs> you are not, no, I'm just kidding. Like, you? I don't think so, no. Um <laughs> really (laughs) yeah i just personally would be uncomfortable with my understanding of it calling myself a saint but i understand it's just a different understanding but i'd be like i am no saint Uh, i don't think so (laughs) but yeah um let us know if you have any thoughts that was just two regular gals uh (laughs) that are not theologians and don't have doctorates um, or even master's degrees talking about our understanding and like why i'm totally comfortable praying to saints like what makes sense to me and why Megan would be hesitant. Um, but I also think like Megan, you were able to clarify a lot of what actually a lot of Protestants do believe because I think I didn't even realize for a long time until I was friends with you, like the extent at which Protestants actually do agree with us or like believe. And then I think it makes it easier to have a conversation because then it's, you're just throwing these verses at Protestants. Like, well, do you, you say, you know, your Bible, but like, do you? And they're like, yeah, we do take those into account. And that's why we think this and this, or like, we do see this in history. So this is why we do affirm this and this. We don't totally just think like saints are dead. Cause that's the comments I always get. Like the Mary can't hear you. She's dead. <laughs> This is my favorite comment. I, ever. I cringe at that. <laughs> yeah, I get that one a lot. Um, but I I see equally cringy things from Protest uh, from Catholics and all denominations. So yeah, I would not take keyboard warriors or people online as uh, what <laughs> an actual tradition actually exemplar. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let us know if you have any thoughts and uh, if there's any other topics. We should talk about the purgatory thing, but I think Megan and I are both a little scared to talk about it. That would take a, some research. Yeah. Or we could have a guest on to talk about it. Maybe that's yeah. a better route. Maybe uh, Gavin could come on, even though he would totally roast me, in my opinion. So, <laughs> <laughs> on On brand for purgatory, talking about roasting each other oh so true it's the burning the refining (laughs) don't want to go there i'll tell you that just little Um, rotisserie chickens (laughs) that's That's actually what you believe believe. 
That's yeah, the Catholic like doctrine on purgatory is you're just like roasting like a rotisserie chicken, you know? Yep, just turning just, over and over. Get and all then sides. <laughs> and cooked and ready to go to heaven. That's it. God right is like, there. you finally smell good. <laughs> yeah. That's actually it. And if I, anyone tells you anything different, they're wrong. Wrong. Yeah. They <laughs> just, they don't understand. Yeah. Like they're the not Catholic enlightened Catechism. like us. Yeah. The Catholic Catechism, like they say all this blah, 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 but like... <laughs> That's all, that's all you need to know. Just. <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know what you want us to talk about next. Um, and pray for us. And pray. You should. Yeah. And we'll be praying for you and for each other. Yes. <laughs> I pray for Jackie a lot. She needs it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Please pray for me. If you're listening, like, please, I beg you, please pray for me. I need that. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, everyone, we're gonna. I'm going. Speaking of intercession of saints, I'm going on a pilgrimage to Lords, and as we speak, like a week. I'm so excited. Um, uh, I do really believe in the intercession of Mary, and I do believe in miraculous healings that have happened at Lords. And I actually would love to do. I should. We should do just an entire podcast on that because I need to do more research into that. Um, and I could just talk about my experience because I think that would be really cool. I'm so excited. So pray for me if you're listening and I will pray for you. And if you just happen to hear this and want me to bring any intentions to Lords, let me know. So yeah. I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, let's do let's do an episode when you get back. Yeah, I'm we'll very, very, very excited. Yeah.